0: You broke your arm once before, remember? You fell out of our treehouse. Kenneth picked you up, and we carried you 12 blocks to the hospital. Hey, you cried all the way. We were all friends then, remember? And now you want to end his life? Because he's talking to Patty on your side of the cafeteria. Oh, man, it's stupid. I know, because that's where I wanted to be. On your side with your crowd that I messed up see I tried to buy my way in but Kenneth he's not trying to buy anybody he's just trying to make friends being himself cools nerds your side my side man it's all bullshit. it's just tough enough to be yourself
1: Welcome to Sweep Play Podcast, this is your host with the most Mike MacMasunis, how's everybody doing today? I'm doing great guys, welcome back, Jameson, very good rabbit, it's great to have you back sir, how are you doing sir? We're back! <laughs>
2: Man, it's been a while, huh?
1: Only a month.
2: Yeah, that's it. Took a month off, screw it.
1: It's true. Hey, life got in the way, we had to do some things, but now we're back, so... Let's hope that we don't have to wait another month before we do Coming to America, for God's sake.
2: Why not? We've only waited like nine since, <laughs> since we promised it.
1: Oh, it's true, man. So I'm I'm excited to talk to you today, sir, because we got some announcements to make because there's been a lot of crap that's gone down the past month that maybe not all the listeners know about, so I'm excited to... Talk about the various things that we've been going through, man. It's good times, man. Oh, I'm
2: excited to hear about it.
1: Yeah, I am too, sir. So uh, why don't we get talking into that? Because guess what? I actually don't have any real uh, movie or music news. I just actually have a question for you. Uh, There's been a lot of news, and I did an episode on the whole Batfleck and Title and all that other crap, and I don't really want to talk about it. But uh, one thing I I wanted to tell people is that um, a few weeks ago, prior to, I think it was Revenge of the Nerds, you had gotten an email that said, hey, I just listened to your, I think it was our our episode we hate, Quick Change. And yeah, the, I don't know
2: exactly what episode it was.
1: I swear it was Quick Change, because we both, like, seriously? The, the guy liked that one? You got an email from the guy at your local um, establishment, if you will. All
2: right, says, you want me to tell this?
1: Yeah, go ahead, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you this know is the, the story, story you're
2: going with. Why don't you yeah. let me tell uh, yeah, actually, it was a couple of months ago, I uh, got, got an email kind of out of the blue uh, from a guy who just took over our local uh, our local TV station, our public access channel or whatever, what have you. And uh, he'd come from our CBS affiliate here in town, and and I uh, was looking to add some new programming. So he sent me an email kind of out of the blue and said, hey, I've heard about you, uh, I've listened to some of your stuff, I uh, wonder if you'd be interested in coming in and uh, doing doing a movie review TV show. And I was kind of like, wow, I don't even know where, how did this guy find what's going on? So uh, long story short, I found out that actually my oldest son <laughs> is the, it was the impetus behind this where he, my son had been talking to somebody about uh, how dad does these podcasts and talks movies and, and somehow through the channels, this guy had said to some, you know, Hey, we need to get somebody and somebody said, Hey, one of uh, Logan's dad does some and so he listened and he listened to he listened to us here on stl and i i, I think it was a quick change but i'm not positive which episode because uh, he never actually said
1: i'm 90, um, i'm 99 sure it was quick change because it was exactly two days after that episode posted you got the email
2: right right so yeah he listened to that and then uh uh he listened to mojo he went in and talked to him and and
1: uh yeah so kind of
2: Snowballed from there, and uh, it's it's been a while since we've been on because I'm uh, recording our fifth episode of our TV show tomorrow night. So
1: now, truth be told, you and I were supposed to do this together, but he didn't know that I wasn't in Madison. He's like, "Oh, you guys are great," you know. And then you're like, "Dude, I got this opportunity." I'm like, "Yeah, I could just drive down there, (laughs) you know, for two hours, go down there." You're like, "Dude, no." This is like a once every two weeks thing. I'm like, okay, maybe I can work it out. And you're like, no wait. Now it's once a week. I'm like, ah, damn it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is it, it was pretty funny uh, when I went in to talk to him, you know, like a week after I got this email, go to talk to him and he'd listen to all of the podcasts that I'm a part of, which is some chore. And uh, it's funny because he assumed that all of the people that I work with, all uh, I sit, you know, face to face with. It was pretty interesting. He's like, so, you know, because in the email he'd he mentioned, you know, Masunas, as, uh, you know, and I'm like, yeah, he's in Illinois. And he's like, well, what about your guy on Mojo? I'm like, yeah, he's in Illinois. <laughs> what about the guy in that documentary podcast, Real Films? Yeah, he's actually in Nevada. <laughs> there's nobody close. And so that kind of led me to uh, to search for my my new co-host for the, I'm gonna plug it. We're gonna plug it. Yeah. So search for my my new co-host for uh, Real Reviews TV. Um, and so we had a reality show, America's Next Co-host, and we paired it down, and there was a there was some tough eliminations. <laughs> um, we, you know, it, it was it was tough, but uh, we ended up with my buddy Mike Roth, who is my uh, my co-host on the Real Reviews, and it's been fun, man. We we are now pumping them out every week. Getting to see new movies every single week, so that's a nice excuse to go to the theater every week.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I've, I've plugged every episode. I mean, it's fantastic. The only reason I didn't like Mike is because the dude is named Mike, and that should be me sitting there talking huh. to you. But <laughs> I, I actually like the guy. I think he's cool. He always brings up writing, but as you said, he's a writer. That's kind of his thing. So what he looks for. So it's good times, and uh, I've enjoyed every single episode, although... When you would do the whole, you know, talking nostalgia films, I was like, well, where's your rating at? You know, you're like, oh, dude, we don't do that. Nope, no ratings on the uh, throwbacks. <laughs> I love when you did Revenge of the Nerds. I'm like, hmm, I wonder where you did this review at. You know, that was real funny. Uh,
2: yeah, that was pretty funny because one of our throwbacks just happened to be for when we did uh, Neighbors. And everyone assumed that we were going to do Animal House. Even the, our producer assumed that it was going to be Animal House. I'm like, yeah, here's the thing. Little, little tip. I don't like the movie Animal House. Yeah. I just don't care for it. And so our th- movie throwback more or less, the reason we don't have scores is because we, uh, the reason we're talking about it is because we're recommending it. One way or the other, we're recommending it. So we exactly. don't give a score to it. Just know, you know, hey, we like this, blah, blah, blah. And, and because nostalgia plays a big part in that. So so we did, re- Mike was like, hey, let's do Revenge of the Nerds. I'm like,
1: hey, you know what? I
2: <laughs> just happen to have seen a lot of Revenge of the Nerds. We can do that one real easy.
1: And you know you had texted me all this Monster Squad crap in the morning and I had no idea. I never put two and two together that that was going to be, you know, on your Godzilla episode.
2: Right. I was like,
1: that's why he was giving me all that Monster Squad crap, you know. Good right. times.
2: So if you're looking for uh, real reviews, we have a we have a Facebook page, Real Reviews TV. You can probably find it if off the STL page there's been some links. Yep. We also just started our Twitter page, at Real Reviews TV. That's that's all found on there. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting, man. It's pretty fun. I, I I still can't watch myself on TV. You know, it comes on TV Friday nights. I can't look at my face on the TV. Um, you have
1: a very pretty face, sir.
2: Well, you know, all the great ones say the same thing. You know, I mean, Brad Pitt can't watch himself. I'm in elite class. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been a blast. And, like I say, dude, when, when the wife says, you go into another movie, like, hey, it's part of the job now. <laughs> People depend on it.
1: So, needless to say, you are doing very well, sir. <laughs> and uh, I'm very excited for you. I'm proud of you, sir. And uh, don't f- don't forget about me, as the Breakfast Club would say. <laughs> you know, when when you get big and famous, so
2: somebody's got to replace Ebert, right? <laughs> I, I fit the mold, literally. I probably fit the sweater too.
1: Oh, man, good time. So what uh, your next movie is going to be X-Men, correct, sir? X-Men, Days of Future Past. We are recording tomorrow night. Yes. The, the, the great thing with this show is I get to see your review before you do Mojo. So that's what's awesome about it. <laughs>
2: that, that. that is kind of the uh, catch-22 is that, you know, they they are very symbiotic as far as the two shows. So a lot of times I'm giving my review before Mojo. I'm kind of killing the juice on Mojo, which kind of sucks. Um Actually, this week I'm recording Mojo tonight, and then we'll do real reviews tomorrow, so they should come out roughly the same time. So
1: Awesome. Well, I have emails for Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Captain America 2, so I'll be able to give my final scores on that when we read the emails tonight. And right. then I just saw X-Men Days of Future Past on Monday with, yep. the, with the wife, and I thought it was a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Um, easily my favorite of the series. And uh, that one got uh, I'm writing on a week five at this point, so wow. yeah, it's a good time. So, I loved it. Uh, but I still need to let it sink in, blah, 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 to give my final score. I did that with Amazing Spider-Man 2. I gave it like two weeks, and then I came up with my final score. So that will be at the end of the show. So That's a tease. Yeah. Now, here's my question for you, sir, in re- a little related to music news, and I need your opinion on this because we haven't spoken about this, but I need your opinion on this. So, All right. Okay. Now, my 2013 end year list was the top 20 singles of 2013 with my top five movies thrown in there now my second favorite song of the year was not actually a single in 2013 but I changed the rules if you remember I said look we're in the digital age every song is a single because you can buy it separately it doesn't have to be on the radio so I changed the rules that year and I said this CD came out in 2013 this is my favorite song from the CD and I guarantee you I'm calling it now this will be a single sure enough my number two song which was demi lovato's really don't care has officially become a single as of six days ago now this song is blowing up it's got excellent reviews people are loving it saying it's your best song which i agree it is however here's my question since technically it wasn't a single last year but i put it as my number two Am I allowed to reuse that in 2014? Because now it's technically a single on the radio. All right, if I got to be the referee on this. Yes, I need your refereeness, sir. Be, the Pat, be the Pat Johnson of the crowd of kids, sir. Hey, it's a good thing I'm wearing my referee
2: shirt right now.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, it's what I recorded. Um, all right, so here's here's my take. Last year, you broke the rules. So you tried to go outside the rules and, and do what you wanted to do. So now this year, it's coming back to bite you. <laughs> because because your premonition came true. And so what I think is this year you can use it, but that means that you have to burn the episode that you did, your year-end episode last year. That cannot exist anymore. Because you broke the rules. You you're the only one that makes the rules and you it, it you you have no outside judge. So you're the one that makes them, you break them. And there's got to be some sort of penalty.
1: But I'm allowed to break rules though.
2: Oh, you're a bad boy. All right, yeah. all right. I'm dealing with a badass here. All right. Yeah, just breaking well, the rules. It reminds Smoking me the that it's
1: like that picture of that of that guy with his hands up. Watch yeah. out, we have a badass here. Oh, badass coming
2: through. <laughs> all right. Well, since since you're one of those kind of guys, then I guess you can do whatever you want. I don't need to be here for
1: this. <laughs> so, in your honest opinion, I shouldn't use it as a single in my list this year because I used it last year, right? I
2: think this year's list can only consist of Hanson
1: songs. Hmm. They don't have a new CD out, though, sir. Oh, they will.
2: Yeah. I've got my ear to the ground on this one, man. <laughs> Following it daily.
1: You're not helping me, man. You need to give me an answer. <laughs> Let's go, son. We got a movie to review. I need I need an answer now. Hmm. What's the answer? Hmm. Yes or no?
2: I know you're a big Demi Lovato guy. <laughs> 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 not going to comment on that oh. uh so i know you really want to use it again this year so
1: but know. i can tell you this my two songs are currently i don't think one and two will be top so if it was in my list it'd easily be sitting at number three mm. so there's no way that it's going to beat my number one and two for this year so far but last year was number two and we all know number one was skillet baby whoo
2: I feel like you're already teasing your year-end list for this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, but nobody knows what the number one and number two is. So mm-hmm. oh, Only you – know. actually, you don't even know. So Nope, you could have told me. I would have forgot. Only my daughters know. It's all good. So. Uh-huh. They'll never tell. All right. So, in other words, you don't have an answer, and if I use it, then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pointless conversation, obviously. I say,
2: I say, I'm just gonna go with the title of the song as my answer.
1: Really don't care. Very good. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of really good, you did a guest spot uh, on a what was it? TV Resurrection, and you used "very good" in a funny way. I love that. I thought that was excellent.
2: Right, I was on the TV Resurrection podcast on the DVMPE. Yes, yeah, I actually caught myself saying it. It was yeah. the it was my as we've talked about my my. I don't know what it is. It's my go-to phrase, right?
1: Let's move on. That's how, That that's, was the extent you used it on. <laughs> that's
2: the moving on. Very good. Yeah, very good. Good.
1: Very good. All keep, right. Keep it going. <laughs> All right, sir. So should we get into our review of Can't Buy Me Love? I watched Can't Hardly Wait. Well, we're going to get into Can't Buy Me Love, sucker. So. Oh, I love Seth Green. Seth our, Green, either way. Yeah, there you go. Let's do it, sir. Can't buy me love cindy mancini and ronald
0: miller live on the same street but they're in totally different worlds wouldn't you like to be popular cindy's hot ronald's not but he's got a plan that could change all that i want to rent you rent me yeah you pretend you like me and we go out for just a few weeks just going out with me is not going to make you popular well i have a thousand dollars it says it will Now, the biggest social transformation in history... No hand-holding, no kissing, and I give my lunch hour off. ...is about to begin. Okay, Donald, we're ready. Listen to one last thing. My name is Ronald, not Donald. I think that's Ronald Keller. Didn't you like to mow our lawn? Ronald's over in No Man's Land. And he's still alive. He's going from totally geek... It's totally chic. Let's stand, To totally out of control. I have moves. All I ever did was think about you. Say yourself. Don't change, please. please. Me change? Never. It's the comedy that proves a thousand dollars can buy popularity. But it... Can't buy me love. It's such a... Such a heartbreaker. Someday my wish is for him to hold me in his arms. In a sea of deep blue. Together at last. Together as two. Oh, that's beautiful. I didn't know you were a poet. No one knows. Even Bobby. Thank you for trusting me with these. Well, let's just keep it between us, okay? For life for longer. Promise? Promise. But you should be proud of it. You're talented. And you're drenched.
1: (laughs) All right, man. So, can't buy me love, man. This is my introduction to Patrick Dempsey. And now, I know for a fact you are a big Patrick Dempsey fan from all of your talk on Mojo, which is excellent, which is why I was like, oh, this is a great movie to talk about. And this is my introduction to Patrick Dempsey. After this, I went to watch, uh, like, Lover Boy, oh, yes. and, and then I watched Run, which Run is a movie that's very underrated. It, it had uh, Mr. Uh, Travolta's wife, Miss Kelly Preston. Nope. Um, do you remember that movie, Run? Where, I do. Yeah, that's a very underrated movie, man. A lot of people don't know about it. I think it's an excellent film.
2: As a thing, man. Patrick Dempsey in the 80s, he was... He was the man in the 80s, I mean, with with a few films, but he had a lot of work that went unnoticed I think, or, or underappreciated. It. And I love I love pretty much all of it.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, and then, of course, he obviously made it really big later on, kind of like the resurrection of, uh, you know, ER obviously took Anthony Edwards to a whole new step, and, and George Clooney. So uh, he was in Grey's Anatomy, and everybody started loving Patrick Dempsey. I'm like, you know what? I love Patrick Dempsey before you guys ever did. I loved him back starting in 1987 and Can't Find Me Love. You know? See,
2: and he disappeared for a large chunk of the early 90s. Patrick Dempsey was on, like, what happened to that guy, lists, And he kind of reminded me when he, with, when he made his mixur, his McRae, Resurgence <laughs> as McDreamy on Grey's Anatomy. It kind of reminded me uh, almost similar timelines too of how Kiefer Sutherland kind of came back out of a long existence of bad movies and just failed TV pilots. And all of a sudden, like, hey, Jack Bauer's pretty cool. Like, yeah, remember Kiefer? Remember when he was awesome back in the '80s? It's kind of the same. It's kind of the same thing to me where they both kind of went through their, I guess their. Their late 20s, early 30s, where they were struggling to find good roles.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's let's think about it. I mean, obviously, Can't Buy Me Love is in his first movie. It, me, like, we had The Stuff, Heaven Help Us, and Meatballs 3 were prior to that.
2: But uh, Meatballs like, 3 is so good.
1: Yeah, but we have Loverboy, which was really good. We have Mobsters, Run, With Honors, Outbreak, I mean, those are some really good movies. I actually even enjoyed him in Scream Three. They they tried to pretend that he was going to be the killer, but I was just like, no, nah, this is Patrick Dempsey. He's not going to be the killer, you know. So, I I you know I don't think his career went completely down the drain of like he picked crappy movies. Like he was good in Sweet no, Home Alabama, was, you know. He was.
2: Well, but Sweet Home was the same time as as Greys. Yeah, um, true but, enough. I mean, Outbreak he was not that big of a role in, and even Scream Three he was. Yeah. A glorified cameo. It was they were, they pulled a guy who you hadn't seen in quite a while.
1: Yeah. Like you guys
2: used to love this guy, right? Yeah. Get him.
1: You you know he was the bad guy in Transformers Dark of the Moon, you know, which was kind of interesting. I was like, ooh, Patrick Dempsey's in this movie. That's awesome, you know?
2: Yep. He played he played Megatron.
1: Now Amanda Peterson, which I think is fantastic in this movie as Cindy Mancini, uh really you want to
2: talk about disappeared. Yeah.
1: Seriously, hasn't acted in twenty years. Her last movie was nineteen ninety four, and it was a, yeah, it was a television movie. So crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, this movie came out nineteen eighty seven, and uh, this is there's a lot of things I can't wait to talk about this. Uh, In this movie because there's a lot of things that are cliched off this movie that this movie does way better than a lot of other things and all that other good stuff. But obviously there's a Beatles song of the same name, Can't Buy Me Love, which I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm not a Beatles fan. You know, I love me some can't, you know, Twist and Shout and, and Can't Buy Me Love are probably the only two songs I like from the Beatles I haven't wow. got I haven't got any hate mail from them, but I don't like the Rolling Stones. I don't like the Beatles. I respect what they did. I respect the, the era that they did, but I've never been a Beatles fan. But wow. I yeah,
2: I I'm not gonna get into that. Yeah,
1: please. I mean, come on, you, you probably knew that, sir. But you know, I, all right. But whatever, you know. I take it you're a Beatles fan because you're obviously offended. So it's okay. I'm not offended.
2: I'm just kind of blown away.
1: But that's, <laughs> that's cool. But very good. But it's a great way to start off the movie with the song "Can't Buy Me Love." Now, let's talk about Patrick Dempsey. Obviously, his character's name is Ronald Miller. He is the uh, kind of the lovable nerd. It's kind of funny. We're doing another nerd movie, if you will. But I, I'd like to say this one is a billion times better than the last two nerd movies we talked about.
2: Oh yeah.
1: And uh, he's definitely. Uh, just a lovable guy, man. He, he's uh, got his head on his shoulders. The guy mows lawns. And uh, he happens to be in love with the most popular girl in school who not only is beautiful but has uh, intelligence. She stands up for what she believes in. And she's all about being cool. To, if you're cool with me, I'm cool with you. You know, I would well,
2: e- She also doesn't know that he exists.
1: Yeah, true enough. So, uh she thinks his name is Donald It's true, that, that's what's so cool So this movie's set in Arizona So the movie starts off And we got him on his Big old lawnmower Mowing her lawn And that's when Cindy Mancini and her friends come home And hi Donald, how you doing And uh, we get the introduction To Cindy Mancini So let's talk about Cindy uh, You know, opening sequence Right off the bat You kind of get a good feeling for her character before things start to go down. Just that she has her head on her shoulders, but she's kind of like, I don't know what, what's the word I'm looking she's for. She's a flaky Valley girl who only cares about money. And uh, she's like,
2: I, I, was I, like you, I told you, you could only go and spend this much. He's like, whatever, mom. Oh yeah. But like, don't, card, you're going to yeah. have to learn how some responsibility, like that Miller boy. And she's like, whatever. <laughs>
1: True. True enough. I I guess I'm thinking I'm going a little too ahead of the movie. You're right. In the beginning, she is portrayed that way because it's like, what, mom? It's just a credit card. No big deal. And then immediately we go to school. One thing I got to say about this movie, it moves fast, dude. It's only 94 minutes long. There's a lot that happens. And the pacing in this movie is very fast and everything works in regards to just from beginning to end the pacing. I mean, how do you feel about the pacing of this movie?
2: Yeah, it moves along. It's it's good for me though. Yeah. Let's I, let's let's I,
1: you mentioned the school. Yeah. This is one of the
2: things that from the first time I saw this movie, I I don't know if it's just because I'm a Midwest guy or what, but ever since I was a kid, man, I would watch these movies like this, like summer school, just one of the guys, and I always wanted to have a school that was like an outdoor campus like these have. Yeah. I always thought that was so cool. We're like the lunchroom's outside and like you walk outside between classrooms and all that. And here in Wisconsin, yeah, we don't have that so
0: much.
2: Yeah. Um, that would not work out well for the majority of the school year. Kind of like 90210 high school. Yeah. I mean, I always just wanted that, you know, that California school lifestyle. You know, I, granted, this is Arizona, but same thing. You know, I just, I always watch that and be like, oh, man, that'd be so cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%, man. This school is, uh, you like, yeah. I mean, it's reminiscent to 90210, and of course, all the teen movies later, like, you know, Can't Hardly Wait and Not Another Teen Movie, all that other stuff, they would use this kind of high school. So um, I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say it's the first high school to have the outside campus, would you? I mean, no. I think uh, just one of the guys was before this, wasn't it? True enough, sir. True enough so i want to talk about um ronald's friend yep which is uh kenny Malachi. now kenny is actually a guy who i would later see in a movie that most people don't remember him in the burbs Yep. he was the guy that was real creepy and stuff i really really enjoy kenny in this movie <laughs> uh, you know because he kenny is you can totally tell They don't get too much into history, but you can tell these two grew up together, that they're both kind of, you know, they both sit on the opposite side of these two are losers, if you will, of the high school. You know, this is their senior year and all Ronald wants to do is like, wouldn't it be great to just be popular? And, you know, he's kind of happy the way things are. He's like, look, man, we got our, our little friends. We got our things we do on Friday. You know, we do video games and stuff. I'm happy with my life. You know, I kind of think maybe this is kind of a bad idea. But you know what I mean? I I really dig. I really dig Kenny in this movie, even though he's not in a whole lot. What do you think about Kenny, sir? (laughs) All right.
2: So the first time I saw this movie, I had previously seen him in something way different. uh, And it took me a little while to get used to him as a likable character because I knew him as Malachi in Children of the Corn. Ooh. And I
1: actually haven't seen any of those. Really, the I, first yeah. children of
2: the corn. He's Malachi.
1: Malachi is the
2: bad guy. Malachi uh-huh. is the leader of the children of the corn, and so that's the first thing I'd seen him in. Nice. So It, it takes a little while to get used to uh, seeing him as is a <laughs> different role. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, 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 I like you say that they're definitely two two guys who understand their role within the society of high school and their group, the four, the foursome that kind of hangs out. True they enough. Understand their role in the hierarchy of the high school society. And they seem to be cool with it. Like, Hey, whatever we got each other, you know, we have our, our Saturday night, you know, poker night, whatever. We're, we're into our telescopes, screw the rest of these people. And they kind of mock the, the, you know, the elite in the school, because they're more down to earth, whatever. And so, yeah, it's cool. I mean,
1: yeah, 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 I agree. Now, um, I like it, you know, when they're going down the hall, you know, and and Ronald's trying to convince him about wouldn't it be cool to be popular. I I love the shot where, where, you know, Ronnie puts the book on his head and says, wouldn't it be cool to be popular? I don't know what it is, but it's one, (laughs) it's one of those shots. I've always enjoyed it's in the trailer and stuff, but it's kind of like a, 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 good way of making fun, Of the popular people but in the same way of like how cool would it actually be you know it's a it's an interesting way uh, to to approach things so good stuff. Now let's get into I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say our bad guys but our jocks of the uh, story obviously way more likable jocks than we had in the revenge of the nerds movies. Uh, One of the guys I was like is that Rico Suave. Oh yeah that's Gerardo. Wow. That's Rico. (laughs) I I love that song, dude. I I love the story of him trying to say, yeah, my daughters wanted to see that music video. I was like, "Nah, you can't ever watch that music video.
2: It's funny because I don't know how many times I've watched this movie, but it's it's been a while since I watched it. And so the last time I watched it, my wife and I are watching it, and it, it was at the same point. He said something. I can't remember what he said. And we both looked at each other We're like, is that Gerardo? <laughs> and I go and look it up like, sure enough, that's Gerardo himself.
1: I, had I to can't look- believe I never knew this. I know. I had to look it up, too. I went to IMDb. I was like, is it is Ricky, you know, Rico Suave? And sure enough, he was, man good stuff man so so these guys the you know the the popular jocks if you will one of them is pretty much a douchebag the whole entire movie i can't really remember but he's the one that will later on say hey go to your side of the cafe you know your side of the area yeah, what's his
2: name he's like the party can begin or he walks into the oh he's like,
1: yeah yeah i i hate that guy now big john He's really likable. I mean, he he's not stupid, but he's just kind of like a fun-loving guy, if you will. I kind I kind of like him and stuff. So, you know. Yep. Uh so basically, we get right off the bat, things get rolling and Cindy's like, you know, she's got this party she wants to go to and she kinda wanted to borrow mom's dress, but mom's going out on a date with this real slutty guy who's all hitting on her and stuff. And oh, I thought you were her younger sister. That guy's so greasy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you could just see the flies coming off of his hair.
2: Oh man, that guy that guy was drenched in Dracara Noir. And <laughs> you could just tell.
1: Now, it it was because of this movie that I never bought suede tennis shoes (laughs) because of the incident that will occur. Uh, And Basically, the suede jacket is kind of like our secret character, if you will. It's because of this little jacket getting all jacked up that brings these two... You know, from these two people it's together. A big plot device. Yeah, it is. And uh, $1,000, man. 1000 So what do we know? She's wearing
2: her mom's suede outfit that she promised. She's like, you can't wear that. Like, oh, okay.
1: Right. And her friends she, call her out saying, oh, I didn't see that in your closet.
2: Yeah. So she's wearing the white suede with fringe outfit, a classic 80s outfit. Yep. Uh, and Big John or whoever was. Turns and, oh, wine lands on the outfit. Nothing will get wine out of suede.
1: It's a douchebag. He's like, oh, just use some salt. It'll come out. It's not like it's ruined.
2: And so she has a full-scale panic attack because you can tell she is on the edge of her mom making her go get a real job and things like this. Right. Getting a little responsibility. And this is going to be the thing that pushes her over the edge. So she's terrified. So full-scale panic. I got to get this thing fixed, replaced, whatever. Mom can't find out.
1: Exactly. And so this she,
2: is what leads us to our big, uh, our big turning point,
1: right? She goes to the mall where she knows her mom purchased it. And right across the way, good old Ronald is, has a thousand dollars that he saved up. He's done two two 289 miles of lawns as he'll put it later on in the film. He's got a thousand bucks. He's ready to buy this telescope because that's what he's into. He likes looking at the moon, the stars, all that good stuff. Good times. And he's about ready to buy the thing. And what does he see looking across the way as he's looking into the telescope? What does he see, sir?
2: He sees Cindy Mancini in the Chess King or whatever store she's in <laughs> having a full-scale panic attack as the, uh, the owner of the place refuses to trade his $1,000 new outfit for her wine-stained outfit.
1: And it, she says, you know, I'll work for free. I just need an advance. Right. On this. Yeah. What guy is gonna give sure, you? Sure, I'll give
2: right. you a thousand dollar outfit, <laughs> high school girl. I'm sure you're responsible.
1: I'm sure you'll show up to work the next. Right. day. Right. Yeah. So
2: she's like, uh. <laughs> and so Ronald spying on her through his telescope, like a total lurker, uh, comes comes across right. Got us. And this is, oh man, this is the most awkward thing when he. Feverishly fans out his money. I love
1: They're that shot, dude.
2: Counting it, and then he's like banging on the window really, really fast to get her attention. Like,
1: ha, ha, I've got money! I've got money!
2: <laughs> Hi. I'm right Desperation here. Desperation just pouring out of him.
1: Oh man, I really, really love that shot, man. It's it's in the trailers, all that stuff, but it's just so good. It's just a big smile, like I am your savior. I am here to save the day, you know.
2: And, and she says, "No thanks."
1: Yeah, are are you crazy? What does she say? Have you, you mowed too many? <laughs> yeah. yeah, have you molded too many lawns? Are you I? And uh, he um,
2: offers to buy the buy the outfit, re, the replacement outfit for her, but uh, kind of uh, he wants to rent her as his girlfriend for a month. Nothing creepy there. <laughs> <laughs> no issues there. Hey, be my fake girlfriend for money.
1: At least I'm not taking her to. The uh, you, uh, what's the thing in Revenge of the Nerds? You know that he takes what's her name to take her into the moon room. Yeah, the moon room. Yeah, at least he's not yeah. taking her there. Not yet. So the deal is that for one month, because she thinks it's for one week, but he tries to remind her for one month and four lunches. Because I had to mow two hundred eighty nine lawns. That hanging out with you for the one month, the four lunches, I'm gonna be popular, and then we'll break up. That's the deal. That's what they're. Four lunches a week for a month. Yeah, four lunches for. Yeah, four lunches. A week. A week. Oh, I thought it was four lunches total. No,
2: because she's like, one lunch a week. He's like, no, there's five days in a week. She's like, all right, two. He's like, three three and you have to go to the formal with me or whatever she's like how about four i'm not going to a dance with
1: you there you go now she of course does the uh kind of just one of the guys set up if you will of of dressing up the nerd so yeah, so classic. dress dresses up his good old 80s afro uh if you will it takes off the glasses it rips his shirt and i i just love it he's just devastated he's like damn it that is my that was my five dollar dress shirt And she just tore up.
2: Man, I just got that at Sears. Yeah.
1: And uh, so that's when the adventure begins, walking down the hallway. And immediately we get douchebag Jock, who's just like, hey, what's Ronald Miller doing here? In the cool hallway. Yeah. And uh, what does he say? Um, Hey, nerds are are to the right. And then she says, well, I guess you'll take a look to the left. That's where the a-holes sit. Or something like that. It's a really good line. I love that. Oh, it's so so good. And then her friends will start bothering her about, why you hanging out with Ronnie Miller? And she's like, take a look at my forehead. You see a sign that says information? That was good, man. She's got some really good lines, man. Really good lines. Now, her friends, Barbara and Patty, Mm -hmm. uh, what what do you think of these two... uh, Immature Valley girl sir. Oh, they're <laughs> awesome. I love, them. I love the tall one. You love the tall one? I don't
2: know which one that
1: is. It's terrible. <laughs> so it actually works out. Uh they go to lunch, you know, and he's he's hungry, but he starts to kind of get on their good side. He's like, you know, I go to all the football games and aren't you always in the visitor side? And, of course, Cindy's like, yeah, it's psychological warfare. He's like, yeah, I actually got beat up for you guys once. And he's kind of rubbing them the right way. But then you find out, hey, he didn't eat. He's got sugar diabetes, if you will. And the dude's about ready to pass out at the pizza joint. (laughs) Movie
2: over. Diabetic coma, and the movie is done.
1: (laughs) Now, this is pretty cool. You know, the guys come in, and what does he do? He offers his pizza. And they take all of it, man. Right. I felt really bad for Ronald in this scene, sir.
2: Don't offer your pizza to jocks, dummy. <laughs>
1: you should know that. These guys are a bunch of
2: meatheads. They're going to take your pizza.
1: Oh, man. Yep. I mean, what'd they do? They took like two, three pieces of a piece and just walked off. Left
2: him with, well,
1: with a piece of pepperoni. But at least Big John was nice enough to say thanks, you know? Right. He's now, a classy
2: guy, Big John is.
1: Now, there's one guy in particular who. I think is a terrible actor. I mean, terrible, sir. And this is Cindy's boyfriend, Mr. Bobby. <laughs> I, this guy is so terrible. They had to ADR this guy's voice. He's he so so. He was. It, there was a lot of really
2: bad ADR in this movie, but especially with him. It was, yeah. How He's got some amazing feathered hair, though.
1: We, we've talked about some terrible actors on this show, but- this guy has got to be king of the crop, right? At this point, at least, that we found, this has got to be King Dingling, right? And he's, pretty, he's pretty bad. <laughs> so bad, dude.
2: Yeah, it, it's. He's he's barely in this movie, but everything he's. Every scene he has to talk in, it's just hard. It's, it's o- like it's, it's cue only- cards are being held in front of his face. <laughs> it's and he's only seeing him for though. the first time.
1: Yeah, it's only two, though. Thank God. The commercial. Yeah. And then at the party later on. So oh, but the
2: party is the worst though. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll get there in a little bit. But
2: hey, you know who we haven't talked about? One of my favorite characters in this entire movie. Seth is Green is Seth Green, Ronald yeah. Miller's little brother. Oh, he's such a dick. He is. He's he is such a great little brother.
1: Oh man, so good. Chuck Miller. <laughs> he's trying
2: to make life miserable for his older brother. Oh. <laughs> because he realizes like he's younger. But he realizes that his older brother's a nerd, too. So he's trying to distance himself from him. Like, look, I'm going to have to follow his path. I'm gonna, I don't want to be known as Ronald Miller's little brother. So you can tell he's just, oh, man. The way he talks to his parents about Ronald, <laughs> it just cracks me up.
1: Right? Like, how can he get away with saying that? I, I mean, some of this, I can't even remember some of the lines he said, but it was pretty disrespectful. Oh, I love it. But, and, you know, oh. His parents are something else, too. They're a bunch of characters.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: But, yeah, you're right, man. Seth Green is good times, man. I almost, every time I watch this, kind of forget it's him because I love Seth Green. He's such a likable guy. And I think this is probably the only movie I can't stand him in because he's <laughs> he's so good at being so bad. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? So good. He's a snarky little kid. Oh. And it's not like... He really hates Ronald, right? It's just like he's kind of more embarrassed that Ronald's yeah, his he's brother. He's a little right? brother. He likes busting his older brother's chops. <laughs> now, uh, Ronald and Cindy they go to their first party, and it's at Big John's house. And I love when Big John's like, "Hey, can you handle a beer?" And Ronald's like, "Is an A <laughs> <laughs> and W." Uh, and what happens at this party, man? Because Big John. You know, make some jokes about why are you called Big John? Maybe you want to find out. But what what goes down at this? Because this obviously isn't a bad party. This is kind of like the introduction of him getting to know everybody. Because this is after the pizza incident, right? This is the right. – so what happens at this party? I forgot.
2: I'm trying to remember. Uh, they hang out. They, they uh, enjoy some brews.
1: Yeah, that was pretty much it because afterwards – he, when he gets back to school, that's when Kenny comes up to him and he's like, you know, hey, you, you ditch. Oh, that's, that's it. They're showing his buddies. He's at the party and his buddies are like, oh, he'll show up, you know, right. all this and that. And you see that. His buddies are still they're they're disappointed but they're still kind of having that hope like hey maybe Ronald will show up you know because
2: they're kind of they're they're starting to see that hey why is Ronald sitting on that side of the cafeteria hey why is Ronald kind of hanging out and like huh and some of them are kind of like hey good for him and <laughs> Kenny ain't so much like that yeah Kenny's like you're leaving me behind
1: now I I love it when you know they it's like hey I didn't see you at uh you know, I didn't see you at the poker, you know, and, and he's like, ah, I was busy. And he's like, look, you know, Ronald's trying to make it up to him. He's like, look, why don't me and you do something together? And he's like, okay, Friday night. He's like, oh, no, I got this. Oh, what about Saturday? No, I got this. And then when he finally gets to Sunday, he's like, fine, I'll call you to make an appointment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> oh, man, I thought that was great, man. Poor Kenny. Oh, he's so bad. Because immediately Ronald as soon as he has the transformation like he starts sitting differently in the uh, biology class you know he starts to sit sideways and he kind of starts to make fun of his friends you know and that's when kenny's like hey what's up with your wardrobe and all this and that you know you where'd you
2: get such big shoulder pads for your jacket? <laughs> my god
1: <laughs> yeah it's the short time that we have with ronald and and kenny you know, you can tell that there's a lot of a lot of history there. Like I said, I really feel like they grew up together. And it's just like Ronald gets worse every scene that they get that they're together. You know, of course, then we'll get to the fallout later. But I really feel bad for Kenny in these scenes because it's like, man, why you got to be such a jerk to your friend, dude? And it's too bad you're not even realizing, you know, how much of a douche well, you're being.
2: And that's the whole thing. And it's funny because there is a scene kind of uh, partway through the movie where – it's funny because Ronnie saves Kenny from getting beat up and mentions to one of the jocks, like, hey, you know, you we used to be friends and you kind of forgot all about us. This guy saved your life, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, about 10 minutes before that, he's being the exact same kind of doucher. Who forgot his friends and is quick to throw him under the bus? You know.
1: Yeah, you know, we'll get to that scene in a little bit, but that's actually a call out from in the hallway in the beginning. Like, well, we were all friends in elementary. What what happened? He's like, well, everybody grew up, and that's when Kenny's like nerds became nerds, jocks became jocks, so on and so forth. You know, but it's true. They they call that out uh, later on to that line how they all used to be friends. Now, the chemistry of Ronald and Cindy so amazing dude the the whole like middle section when you know he's washing her car and you find out she introduces the poetry to him for the first time and i love the line that she says you know can we keep this a secret for life or longer cuz that's what he says to her about you know paying her for the one month i really really love the scenes of them together man it's so good and that's what
2: makes this i mean it's a basic it's, it's not a real complex script. It, no, you not know, at it's all. It's really a basic movie, and that's what makes it so iconic, that's what makes it so classic, is that they had great chemistry, uh, especially like the scene at, you know, the scene where they're out at the um, airplane graveyard.
1: Oh, like my science project, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right.
2: Um, you know, and just those those kind of scenes, the chemistry between them is, is instant, and it's, it's so great. That's what makes all this Better than what it should be
1: really. Exactly. It's like I actually get frustrated when we get to the point where the date is, you know, over because Mm -hmm. I'm like, I wanna see those two you know, more. You know, I I wanna see more of those two together because they're so good. They're they're growing, you know, sharing the poetry, which was really good stuff. But I love it how she's waiting for him to get you know, for him to kiss her. You know, and it's just like we have something we need to talk about. She's like, oh, I was hoping you were going to get to that, you know. And the scene is so good. The one, you know, right before the breakup talk about looking at the stars and the moons and stuff. I mean, it's done in so many movies, but the way that they talk and just the chemistry is just so excellent. Yeah,
2: I agree. Um, So are we are we already to where they're breaking up? Yeah, I guess so. Huh? Well,
1: you know, they he washes her car. That's when she introduced the poetry. And he's like, you know, yeah. this is this is our last date together. Because like I said, right. this movie moves fast. He's like, right. I want to take you to somewhere special. They spend the whole day at the, at the airplane junkyard. Then they look up at, you know, with the telescope. And he explains the moon and the cracks and stuff. And that's when she's just like, she's kind of falling in love for him right there. And,
2: and she's going to say, you know, like, mm, maybe we don't have to break up. Exactly. That's, that's the gist is like, hey, maybe, yeah, the rental period is done. But you know what? Maybe I, I think I might have feelings. He doesn't allow her to, to say what she's going to say. He just assumes like, all right, let's get into the breakup. Let's let's figure this out.
1: It, and it always hurts me when that happens because I'm like, oh, that means it's over. You,
2: you know? dummy, what are you doing?
1: Oh, so good. And then she's just devastated when they talk about, you know, he's just like, you know, we don't want to damage your reputation. He gets all excited. Oh, I got a reputation. You know, she, you could just yeah, see the devastation on her face. You know,
2: he's totally bought his own hype now. Exactly. He's created. He he and her have created his own hype. And now he is buying his own hype all the way, you know, and it, that's what makes it so oh man. It's just so cringeworthy when they go to school the next day. And you, you she's know, like, we need to talk. And he's like, "Just
1: there we go. It's time to break up in front of everybody. Yeah, I you know. Right before the breakup talk, the score was so good. I really enjoyed the score. And the moment he's like, we should talk about the breakup, the score immediately changes to be depressing. And then you're right. When we get to the breakup, she's like, look, I got to change your mind. I don't want to break up. And he's like, oh, is this the time? And as an idiot, he starts rolling into it. If you would have just given her 20 seconds to let yep. her talk, never would have happened, dude. You know. But of course, he has to be an idiot. And uh and And just
2: duh. humiliate her in front of everybody too. Man. Can't just make it cool. Like, you know, she's like, we gotta protect your reputation. He doesn't give a damn about her reputation. Yeah. You're bleeding me dry. I got no more money for you. Blah blah blah. Just oh, just humiliating her in front of people.
1: You know what line gets me every time is when he says to her and almost spits in her face and says, You know what? I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of you, period. And when he says period, her hair blows like (laughs) he just spit in her face. Man, it's like that was so cold the way he said it. So when he gets to slap in the face, it was so loud, so good, and so deserving at the same time, you know? Because it only took him one month to turn into
2: a total dick. It's just (laughs) it's unbelievable. He became everything he didn't like at the beginning.
1: And then immediately he goes to her house, make sure everything's cool. And of course she's still disappointed and devastated, but they still have a really sweet moment together of like, look, you know, I got you this book for your poetry, you know, and she's just like, you could tell she's just devastated what happened, but she's just like, look, Ronnie, whatever you do with this popularity, don't ever change. And he's like me change. Never
2: cut to him walking (laughs) through school the next day.
1: And that's when things (laughs) go downhill. Now, He's been a virgin, obviously, his whole entire life. Well, in the next five minutes, things are going to change.
2: Girls are fighting over him. <sighs> Cindy's, Cindy's girl, Patty and whatever her name is. Are,
1: Patty are and Barbara, over,
2: yep. Yep, they're all over him. They're taking him out.
1: He's he's all of a sudden big man on campus. You know, and, and Cindy handles this real well. She has a bunch of low blows that she delivers, but it's with every – Every low blow she gives is deserving, you know, like a lady doesn't or like when she says, oh, he was good. And well, a lady doesn't talk. She goes, well, I'll be sure to mention when I or she says something along the line. But when I
2: when I actually see some ladies.
1: Yeah. And then you could just see your friend just look up at the sky like, oh, you know, it's like every low blow she has, you know, like later on about how he'll duck in the car. Well, I remember some girls that were pretty comfortable in that car, you know, just stuff like that. Really good stuff. That's kind of, you know, her character in this, what, 94 minutes grows pretty fast of like, you know, hey, it's not all about money. It's not all about popularity. You know, it's all about people's feelings and stuff. You know, it's it's good times, man. Right. So then we get the, uh, you know, he's popular. We got the dance. He's got two girls he's basically trying to go with. So he doesn't know how to dance. So what does he do? Good old, uh. African, the, yeah, African wait, dance
2: the way this thing starts is the best because he realizes you know he's talking all big, oh yeah, the best dancer. Oh sure, blah blah blah. He wakes up the morning and dance like oh crap, I don't know how to dance. And so he's in a panic, run down to the kitchen, like what's his brother's name? Chuck?
1: Yeah, his brother's yeah, name's Ch- Chuck. Yep. Chuck,
2: I need the TV. And he's sitting there watching AWA wrestling, like, no. No, not going to give it to you. Like, please, begging him, please, I need the TV, just two minutes. I need to watch the end of Soul Train. You'll have one last sibling. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, all right, all right. So Chuck starts flipping through the channels, stops on what he thinks is the spotlight dance at the end. Like, ooh, spotlight dance, ooh, walks out. And so there's this big, crazy dance, that Ronald's learning, and he runs out of there before it's over, and... Chuck walks in and realizes that he's been watching PBS, the African <laughs> African modern dance, the dance of the anteater. You,
1: you got to love <laughs> Seth Green's laugh at this. It's uh, so evil. It's so maniacal. <laughs> oh, so good, man. And I got to say, the music at this prom, you know, the song, she's an actress. Act-. Oh, so yep. good, man. It's so 80s, so good. Oh, yeah. And I love the line, you know, it's the nerd herd. And, you know, then the the, because the nerds are like, why are we even here? You know, and Kenneth wants to see the uh, the fall, if you will. And the guy's like, dude, why are we even here? And then they see a hot lady walking up the stairs and then they Mm -hmm. fork out their money. But as soon as I heard the term, it's the nerd herd. I was like, huh, this is now the third nerd movie in a row that we're doing, you know. So, man, we get this. Now, here's the thing that I got to say about this dance routine. I hate this in teenage movies where all these stupid teenagers somehow know the same stupid dance. It's like in She's All That. I love that movie except the dance scene because it's so routine. They all know it. I don't care if Usher says, oh, do that dance we learned a few hour, a few minutes ago. No, this one makes sense because everybody doesn't know what the hell Ronald's doing. They all right. stop in their tracks and they're watching him and they all mimic him, and then it makes sense. This dance sequence actually makes sense, unlike all the other stupid teen dance scene movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This,
2: um, Yeah, I know exactly what you mean.
1: This works for me 150%. They don't
2: all just instantly have uh, synchronized choreography.
1: Exactly. That, <laughs> right. oh, so it takes me out of a movie. I don't care how cool it looks. I don't care the song that's being played. It doesn't make any damn sense and annoys the piss out of me.
2: This? I just love proms that have these amazing bands at them.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah,
2: I just love it. All these, all these different movies with proms—they always have <laughs> these great bands playing some amazing music, and just I love it. Ten, That's one of, the, one of the things I love.
1: Ten things I hate about you. Letters to Cleo band—that that was probably one of my favorite. You know.
2: That is pretty uh, good. What's all oh, you haven't seen it? We'll we'll have to talk about Better Off Dead when we get to it.
1: Oh, excellent! I can't wait to talk about that one, sir. Yep, yep. But yeah, I love this man. It's a ridiculous dance. It's funny. It looks cool, and he just he he's so into himself and his world. Doesn't even pay attention to the fact that there's hundreds of people doing this dance. And of course, the nerds are the ones that call it out. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all know exactly what
2: it is. <laughs> of course, they know the African anteater dance. What?
1: <laughs> now, in the meantime, Cindy has gotten herself a boyfriend named Biff. I'm sorry, Brett. It's all the same as Ronald would put it, and she's just like you know, Bobby. He's away. He's at you know, he's a freshman in college, in college. And, you know, earlier in the dating process, Ronald made a really good remark because they were kind of fighting, and Cindy was just kind of went off on him, and he's like, look, you know, I I know your your boy he's a, he's a freshman. Now he's got to start over. I'm sure he's thinking of you. And, and she thought that was real sweet, you know, but now you see, you know, she's now lost her man there. She's lost Ronald. And what does she do? She picks up a piece of trash with some long hair and a hot car and tells her what to do. Right. Man. I'm so glad that she dumped that. What was it? Brett. Bonnie, yeah. Brett. Brett the brett biff whatever the hell his name was i'm so glad she stood up to him man and just like threw the shake on on his hair yeah and all he cared about was his car
2: right right
1: oh it's so good man looks thick enough to me all
2: right now this this now we are we going out are we going out with the boys uh
1: yeah are they this, going out to attack the house this is the, this is the most devastating scene for me it in this really movie. is I, I kid you not, I think the first time I watched this scene, I cried because I was so devastated. My only problem is, and it's just a little nitpick. I mean, obviously, Ronald and Kenneth have been friends their whole life. You would think that they're like, oh, we're going to hit this house the same one we've hit every year. You would think he'd put two and two together that, well, hey, Ron, you know, Kenneth's house always gets hit every year. Maybe I'm going to that house. But I'm thinking he was too much into the moment and excitement to not even put two and two together. No, He's going yeah, to Kenneth. He didn't.
2: He was just high on his situation in life. Just, you know, wasn't, wasn't thinking. Cause yeah, they're going out him and all his new, his new jock buddies are going out. They're going to egg and they're going to, they're going to hit a house with some, with a dark. bag of crap.
1: Yeah. Dark. <laughs> yep.
2: And so, but now Kenny and his, his dad and his brother, they look, they know every year of the night, this night we get nailed this year. We're going to catch him. The little brother's got the, we got the, the garden hose out.
1: They got the black clothes on. They got, they're on
2: their <laughs> black ops gear. You know, Kenny's got the the net strung up from the branch in the tree. Everybody's ready. The old man's hiding behind the car. I, all right. We are in position. We know it's going to happen, and that's just sad, right there. Like when the whole family's out there, you know. Yeah. Like, oh man, the old man's out there. Like we're well, look every year. We get hit with dog
1: crap. You know. Yeah. That's, that's
2: heartbreaking. And so. <sighs> The jocks roll up and start firing eggs at the house.
1: We have Rico Suave constantly saying Ronnie out loud.
2: Yeah, right. He, and by the way, Rico Suave throws like a girl. Um, <laughs> but it's neither here nor there. That's the price you pay for being a gigolo, I guess. It's true. true. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, and he's yelling like, hey, take the bag, Ronnie. Come on, Ronnie, you can do it. Let's do it, Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie, do it. And so... I mean, as they pull up, Ronnie starts, a little bit of his conscience comes through, like, oh, wait, this is my best friend's house.
1: You're going to go back to being a nerd, Ronnie?
2: Yeah, and so, but peer pressure is is real trouble, and they convince him to throw the bag of crap at the house, so he...
1: Oh, goes, when he throws it, oh,
2: oh. It's like they heated the bag up. I mean, it just, it hits the door and it
1: explodes. They said that. They said it was... It was, um, it's all warmed up. That's what they said. Oh, nice.
2: Oh. Yeah, so he goes, now he's he hits the door. It explodes. They've got the old man pinned down by drilling him with eggs so he can't get out there. He makes the, the final dash across the front yard and gets tangled up in the net. Kenny's got him in the net, right? We think it's, it's all over. They, yep. we, we got him. Kenny's wrestling him down, and just then eyes lock. They see each other like, oh, no. And the look of just disappointment and anger and confusion in Kenny's eyes when he realizes it's his best friend doing this to him. Oh, man, that is heartbreaking.
1: It is. If we're talking anger, that will obviously come at the video at the arcade later. Right. But this is more of just devastation and heartbreak.
2: Yeah, because he sees, like, "Wait, wait, I got him, I got him. And then it's like, wait, what? wait a minute. And I was like, that's my friend that just did this. Like, why
1: would you, what? That's my best friend. I mean, you chose them over me. Exactly. You You thought Cindy was devastated at the, you know, at the breakup. This is like, you know, this is your best friend backstabbing you in every way, shape and form. You know, it, it's so devastating. Still to this day, man, I can't name how many times I've seen this movie. It's still super hard for me to watch. Just seeing his face when, when he, you know, realizes it's Ronnie. Man, it's, it's so, so but devastating. But he lets
2: he lets Ronnie go out of still, despite all this, he's the better man than Ronnie. Yep. He lets him go. He tells the old his dad, you know, oh man, there must have been a hole in the net. You know, he just can't. I don't think he, you know, playing a little amateur psychologist here. I don't think he wants to face the disappointment if he shows his dad that this is my best friend, the guy that's been over to our house. A thousand times eats dinner here. He's like your he's like another son to, to you. Yeah. You know, I mean, you obviously, like we say, these guys have been best friends probably for 15 years. And it's like, yeah, my best friend just did this to us. I don't think he wants to face that kind of shame and, and just so it's better just let him go and sort through your emotions.
1: True enough. True enough. Very well said, man. I agree with that a hundred percent, man. Um, so after this, isn't this where we get the we get the big party scene man is the party scene before the arcade Uh, no
2: actually no it is the big the big the big scene because that's what's i think that's what sends him kind of
1: yeah RV? yeah it's it's after the party when he's like i've yeah. screwed up if anybody i gotta make he's it right he's trying to go too. back
2: yeah he's yeah. Trying, to, you're trying to regain
1: a friend because he'll go to school and he's like kenny kenny I gotta talk to you he walks super fast runs in the guys is like screw you you don't have to come to my party and that's when big john and, and rico suave are like what party it's like oh at my house new. and then, that's when he goes back to being douche again and that's when we had the big party now uh this point you know the uh, we have Cindy show up. She, she hasn't talked to him for a while. She's actually happy to talk to him. And like, hey, I got some new poetry and stuff. She's trying to be all sweet. And yeah. what does he see? He sees his jock friend just like, yeah, you know, turn it up. Be a jerk, you know. It's like you wanted to ride the Ronald Miller Express. I didn't even <laughs> want to ride nothing. And then, you know, she, uh, she, he sees Miss Greyhound over there uh, that gives free rides. And, uh, yeah, so it's the way he treats her – Really, I mean, this is probably my second like scene where I'm just like, man, that hurts. He doesn't dude. deserve her.
2: Really, he does not deserve her.
1: It's so it's it, he's so bad, man.
2: He sends her off into a tailspin, she goes and just gets blitzed. Yeah. Just she gets hammered and and, and then the big blow up comes, right?
1: Oh yeah, cuz oh, dude,
2: Bobby shows
1: up to the party. The the worst actor in the world finally it's, appears on here screen. It comes Bobby
2: Bobby mannequin comes walking in. What? <laughs> Why is Ronald Miller here at the party? Like, oh, Ronald's the man. No way. To be the man, you have to date the head cheerleader. If
1: you hold out on me, (laughs) I will kill you. He's
2: so bad. And so, you know, he... He gets mad at Cindy because he starts hearing from everybody else like, oh, yeah, Ronnie was banging around with your girl, man, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, whoa, what's going on? And she's like she's obviously she is done with Ronnie like this guy. I've tried with him, you know, and and so now she's trying to salvage Bobby. And she's like, no, it was all fake. It never happened. He paid. and She just spills the beans, you know,
1: because prior to that, she walks in. And what is Ronnie trying to do except read her poetry <laughs> to get laid? Right. Oh. So
2: her life or longer no longer stands and she spills the beans to Bobby to keep him around you know to try I mean she's just that clinging. makes you a prostitute right and so she's grasping the straws because really poor Cindy her whole life is just falling apart around her yep you know all because she spilled, she got wine thrown on a, a her mom's dress really. And the next thing you know, she's losing her friends. She's now her boyfriend, and people think she's a hoe. And just like, (laughs) wow, I had it all a month ago. (laughs) What's going on just because of the wine? And then I got hooked up with this telescope guy. Man. So, yeah, so she kind of outs everything at the party. Blurts it out. She's drunk. She's blurting it out. What's going on? And that's when everyone starts to realize that, yeah, this makes a lot of sense now. What she's saying makes sense. Ronald Miller just bought himself some celebrity. You know, And she's like, yeah, he for $1,000, he bought all of you. He said he could do it, and he did it.
1: At that like, stupid dance, you all are sheep.
2: You all are sheep, exactly.
1: Oh, so good. And so,
2: and the, you know, Big John and Enrico Suave turned their backs to him. Get him, out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so then the saddest part is so he's, like, walking – and he's going to go home. And he's his parents are having a party. And what do you see through the window at this party?
1: Stupid dancer.
2: Everybody doing the African anteater dance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What have I done? <sighs> yeah. And so, really, now he is then less he, than what he was before this started. Really. Yeah, before the, he was just invisible.
1: Right. Because the next day, goes to school pretending it didn't happen.
2: Right. No big deal. Big job. Walks what's away. up? High five.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no. What What I love is, is that... When everybody leaves him, Cindy's at the top of the stairs looking at him, still feeling like, you know, like she feels so bad for him, but like everything has been brought on to himself, you know? And I mean, that's what makes these two so good. It's like, despite all your, you know, everything you did, it's terrible. And of course, now... When did he try to call her? Is this the point where he tries to call her and say, you know, she says she's out of the country, all that stuff? This is when he's trying to contact her again, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Because he tries to call her and she's like, I don't know any Donald. You know, she just doesn't want to talk to him. She feels bad. And he, and then the mom's like, the mom actually has a very good line in this. You know, okay, so you went out with this guy. He was a geek. And then you went out with him. He's not. And then now he's a geek again. What's a geek? And she goes, apparently it's Ronald Miller. Well, who says? And then you just see the look on Cindy's face. And that's when it starts to do the fade out, which I really enjoy that. It's pretty cool. It's kind of like, yeah, who says that he has to be a geek, you know? And that's when he comes in at 6 a.m. in the morning with his lawnmower, trying to wake her up. And they have the talk. This is really great scene, man. Right. And really, I mean, he
2: doesn't deserve any anything from her anymore. Right. When you really think about it, as much as I love this movie, you really think about it. He has played her out all the way and treated her like garbage, you know, from the, from the, from the get go, like, I'm going to buy you (laughs) and use you. And then, and then when when I'm done, when I've gained everything I can get from you, I'm going to embarrass you in front of all of your friends.
1: To be fair, though, he was in love with her in the very beginning of the movie. He well, of
2: course, he was. He was invisible to her. Look, I know yeah. a little something about this, having been <laughs> kind of this guy for a while. <laughs> get, a, get a crush on a girl—that's great. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean you deserve anything. You know, with you, when you're invisible and she's the head cheerleader, a lot of people have crushes on her. You know, it's just—it's—it it shows more about her, her character than his character. Yeah. That she's willing to give him another shot to forgive. She has no reason to even talk to him anymore. we It's not like we've been friends for 10 years. It's exactly. not like we have a lot of history. We fake went out for a month and you ruined my life. And, like, then,
1: <laughs> and then what then do that, I owe you? Exactly. Which you're right. It makes her the bigger character. And then he's like, fine, you know, great. We'll talk later. And that's when he tries to make it up with Kenny. This is where yeah. you see the anger come out, man, where he just grabs and <laughs> throws him against the wall. That face is just so, like, man. That's so, Malachi
2: right there, man. Man,
1: dude. Oof. So good, man. He just – you could see he wants to – and literally, you know, you, you, you crapped my house. The terminology, obviously, the other word, actually is legitimate. He really did – crap his house you know because a lot of people say oh you crap my house well this is for real he actually did you know and you just see him holding back his tears so good man yeah so so serious
2: emotion man because it's betrayal yeah i mean it is the ultimate betrayal because here's another person who wouldn't give up on ronnie no matter what ronnie did no matter how he treated him no matter how he forgot about him or how he be, belittled him as his friend. It left him in the dust. He didn't give up on his best friend, he didn't give up on him. Even when his best friend crapped on his house, he didn't, he didn't turn him into the cops when he caught him or anything like that. He let him get away yep. and just kind of internalized all this anger. Yep. And you can see he'd been internalizing it for a while. And when Ronnie came into the arcade, it was like, Hey man, we're still buddies. He <laughs> came out
1: it snapped. Now, like dude, what Exactly. And, and they he doesn't forgive him at this point. It's not oh. it's not till we get to my favorite scene of the whole movie. This is my this is my absolute favorite scene. We get the uh you know, he's trying to help Penny. Uh just be, you know, Kenny. He's trying to help her. He's smart, you know, and that's when the jocks yeah. are like, "He's trying to pull a Ronald McDonald on us," you know? Right. And uh that's when The the douchebag comes over and he's like, I'm, you know, get on your other side. He's like, I'm just trying to help her. And that's when we have Ronald come grab a bat. He's like, put him down. I'll break your arm. I'll break your pitching arm. And he hits the bat across the thing. And, dude, that line of nerds, jocks, my side, your side, it's all BS. It's hard enough just trying to be yourself. That is an excellent line. And man, it's so good. It's so relevant in today's world, even back, man. It's just, it's excellent, man. He
2: has a great one. And he reminds him, like, hey, I'll break that arm. Remember you broke it when you were a kid? You remember that? Yeah. Remember when you broke it falling out of our clubhouse, you know, of our treehouse? Remember who who carried you home to the hospital, 12 blocks carried you? You cried out. This guy right here. And you're trying to end his life right now.
1: Just because he's talking to Patty. You know, I did the wrong thing. I tried to buy my way in. But Kenny, he's trying to just be a friend, you know. Excellent, man. It was so good, dude. And then what Ronnie does, he just pats him on the shoulder. He's like, sorry, bud, and just walks away, grabs his stuff. And you could just see, like, Cindy, like, wow, that took a lot of balls to do what he just did. You know, that's kind of like her at her point of forgiving him, if you will, you know, and same for Kenny as well. And then of course, big John starts to do the clap, you know, and usually these claps are really uh, like lame. Yeah. Like really lame and just real cheesy and whatever, but this one works. It, everything sells me in this, in this one. And, uh, it's just so good, man. It really, it really sells it really well. So I agree. And then, uh, you know, we, we get to the end. He's back mowing lawns and just sees uh, Cindy and just say, hey, saw a crack in the moon last night, you know. And you could just tell he's just, man, his life's falling apart. But, you know, I'll just go back to the way things were. And she goes. And the cool thing is, is that the girls now, you know, Patty and, and Barbara and stuff, they're like, hey, Ronnie, you know, at least they acknowledge him now because they wouldn't acknowledge him before. That cafeteria sequence gave everybody a new respect for him, you know. Yep. And it, it was kind of his way of apologizing to everybody, but standing up and doing the right thing. That's what redeems his character 100% in that scene. That's why it's my favorite scene of the movie.
2: So I agree with you.
1: And then uh, it's so cool when uh, – You know, she comes back and she decides to call him Donald, you know. Mm -hmm. And what I love is that these two still haven't kissed this whole entire movie. This is about these two as a couple. They've never kissed. And the last scene of the movie is them kissing. I thought that was a really nice touch because a lot of movie. I think this is probably the only movie where your main couple kisses for the first time is the last scene of the movie. Am I wrong? We talk a notebook here or something I' never seen it, but <laughs> I don't know of any other movie where your main couple kiss for the first time is the last scene of the movie. I don't know.
2: Mm, I don't know.
1: So um, could be. So sir, I might you know as far as my rating for this movie, I might get a lot of hate for this and, and I'm willing to take it because it, it deserves it. So I give this movie five stars. Nice. yeah. Uh, despite the fact, that Bobby is the more is the worst actor in Hollywood history. He, I'm not gonna let his terrible acting in his two little scenes do any sort of taking any stars off because he's so insignificant in this movie. Anyways, I'm not gonna let something like that um, do any damage. So,
2: I'm, I, I yeah, I got no argument with you. Um, I give it four and a half. That's my that's my score. I've given. Um, I love this movie, man. It's one of my, one of my favorite movies from the eighties starring one of my favorite eighties actors. Um, and it just, it holds up really well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's obviously dated. It's obviously the look of the film, uh, you know, is obviously very eighties, but for such a basic story, uh, it holds up pretty well man it really does and and like we said earlier I, the majority is just based on the chemistry between these these two leads i you know i dig it
1: i hear you man i i don't have any problem with the movie it flows so great from beginning to end it's so fast it tells such an excellent story it it has a bunch of the typical clichés but doesn't have them as clichés if you will it, it's just so done Just so well. It's so excellent. So for me, it's five stars. It's always been that way since I've seen this movie. And uh, I love it so much and uh, finally glad to be talking about it. So good times.
2: In my universe, I like to think that the sequel to this movie is Ronnie goes to college and starts working at a pizza place. And starts delivering pizzas to lonely housewives. And it's the movie Loverboy. I like to think that's a sequel to this movie. Where he once again is kind of the nerd and then rediscovers. Ah. rediscovers that he's a big
1: stud. Nice. Good time, sir. Yeah, that's a nice one-two punch right there. Excellent. All right, sir. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for our review. So uh, why don't we go ahead and hear what the STL Nation has to say, sir. One shot.
0: Everything on tonight, even if I've got three strikes, I'm going to go for it. This moment, we own it. And I'm not to be played with me, cause it can get dangerous. See, these people I ride with, this moment, oh. we own it.
1: Yiggity. All right. So uh, I have some old emails that I got to read, sir. So. With that being said, I have a Captain America the Winter Soldier email that. that Time Traveling Peters sent. Um, I didn't read this on that episode because it came in after I recorded it, and I promised I'd read it. I never got to it. So here's what we had to say. Greetings, Massoonists and Nestle Nation. First, let me start sure, off by sure. saying, yeah, well, it was a solo <laughs> episode. You know, I'm sorry, sir. You had to do your recording, you know, it's okay. (laughs) First, let me start off by saying that if you haven't seen this, why are you even listening to this episode? Stop. Go watch the movie and come back and enjoy some STL. I really enjoyed the first Captain America and think it's one of the better Marvel movies. That is until I watched The Winter Soldier last night. It is, in fact, my favorite Marvel movie. I think this one was so much better and blows the first one out of the water. The action scenes in this one is ridiculous. The movie clocks in at about two hours and 15 minutes, but it's so good that you don't even feel that it's that long. I really liked how they made Nick Fury and Black Widow part of the main story and not just glorified cameos. Anthony Mackie, who plays the Falcon, was actually good. I never really uh, been a big fan of him until his later movies. He has some funny lines, and I think with the lesser actor, They could have come off a little corny. His line deliveries were on point and those jokes just came out funny. There's a really awesome elevator scene you kind of see in the trailer and of course it's even better in the movie. The only thing off the top that I can think of that bothered me was how his hair was styled. It reminded me too much of the Chris Evans the actor, not too much of the combed hair of Steve Rogers the hero. You'll know what I mean when you see it. I saw this in regular 3D, but to be honest, other than the few scenes that really popped, I would say it's in 2D would be fine. I was pretty surprised at how little people watched the 3D version. Most lined up for the 2D version. There was about 45 people in my theater. After the movie, I counted 18 people. 18 that left when the first credit sequence came on. Seriously, people people are dumb. I know. It's a freaking Marvel movie. Have you not learned yet? Then we see a mid credit scene, a pretty good one, and it wasn't that long of a wait. And then I counted another 22 people leave after that. Seriously, until the end credits, folks, why are people so dumb? So there was a total of five people that actually stayed until the very, very, very end, and yours truly and, um, um, you know, filmed that end scene on my phone. But we won't talk about that. Well, I can't wait to watch it again and again. I probably should let the movie process more before I give it a rating. But as of right now, I'm going with four and a half stars. I need to watch it again and could even possibly become my favorite Marvel film. It's too bold of a statement to stay until now. Until next time, Time Traveling Peter. And if you guys didn't know, Time Traveling Peter has his own podcast now. Yes, he does. The name of his podcast is Hydrate Level 4. So Hydrate, as in back to the future. Hydrate, H-Y-D-R. Wait, Hydrate. Yep, A-T-E. Thank you, sir. Uh, Him and his son, they pretty much do old school movies. Old perspective, new perspective, good times. He did beat us to coming to America, unfortunately, but is what it is. So it is good time. Go check that on out.
2: It really is. Go go check it out. I really enjoy it. Man, I love listening to his kid talk. I love.
1: He's got a good perspective. He's got a, you
2: know, he, I like it. I, I don't know. I just, I just like it. I like hearing a kid with uh, an actual uh, perspective on something. It's really good.
1: Especially RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Good times. All right, sir. The next one, uh, we have two more. This one and one more. The next one's from John the Mailman on Spider-Man 2. Oh, hello, Mike. Long time no email. I hope you and the family are doing well. Now to the movie. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was such a joy to watch. So much fun with the touch of sad. I really loved how they took the time to show Spider-Man saving people unlike some man of steel I know. All the slow motion observations and then reacting was wonderful. I laughed at almost every Spider-Man said the best laugh for me had to be him popping back up with the fire hat on, high in the firefighters. I mm. can't talk about the death. Soon, still too soon for me tear but i will say i'm surprised they showed her hitting the ground so wait guess, what happened who died i guess i should have said spoiler alert but most people know by now disliked how harry green goblin got dark knight two-faced at least they didn't kill him i think if harry was in the first movie they could have saved some time just felt like all the harry stuff was rushed i need to re-watch a lot of info was given out not remembering all that it was uh max Backstory and music seemed out of place. Dude, I love that score, man. All the voices and stuff. Mm -hmm. Good times. Loving the ending with the little boy. All the rescue scenes gave me goosebumps. Uh, Loved it a little. Loved it. It was a little long. Four and a half out of five. Great show. So my overall score for Amazing Spider-Man 2 is four and a half stars. All right. Um, For me, I'm with you. Everything flowed good except the middle portion with the dad and the underground thing could have been maybe condensed a little bit, if you will. Pretty much everything you said on real reviews is pretty much how I feel. So I'm at four and a half with that movie. And I gave it a four. Yeah. Captain America Winter Soldier. I already gave a five on for that one. It was my favorite Marvel movie, my favorite movie of the year. X-Men Days of Future Past. I really have to sit on. In regards to if it's you know better if my favorite movie of the year it's for sure number two at this point but it could pop, you know I got to rewatch it again but I <laughs> I really love that movie I thought it was excellent so I'm sure we'll hear your thoughts soon sir that you will and then our final email is time traveling Peter on some can't buy me love here we go greetings Masoonish Jameson and the STL Nation I hope you guys had a good May the fourth and Revenge of the fifth. Can't Buy Me Love was another one of those movies I used to watch a lot when it was on USA, and this is my go-to when I see Patrick Dempsey. I think it's been over a decade since I've seen this, and I think it still holds up for sure. The story and the themes are still relevant today. I think Dempsey was really good in playing Ronald, and I especially like a Peterson acting as Cindy Mancini. I feel that she conveys her emotions really well in her facial expressions and body language. One of the favorite things was the relationship between Ronald and Kenneth played by Courtney Gaines. You really start to feel bad for him when Ronald becomes popular. I thought it was uh, really effective how they showed him uh, showed his animosity build, and then later in the arcade scene, he goes eight piss when Ronald tries to apologize. I think, for the most part, it was well-written. The only part I found cheesy was after the speech at the end when we get the slow crap that builds into everybody outside clapping Hmm. and the apologetic handshake that follows. I don't know, man. For me, it worked. But any other film, it's cheesy. So Uh, maybe that scene was just a product of its time. And speaking of which, isn't the 80s totally great? The big hair, shoulder-padded jackets, and the music – A lot of it I liked in the movie. I wanted to draw some parallels that I've seen in other movies. The popularity story and the outcasting of your true friends was similar in Teen Wolf. And she's all that. A lot of the school stuff. Uh, and sorry, a lot of the school stuff and the Cinderella-like story all the way to the dance number at the school. Even EZA makes direct reference to this movie. They all work, and it just shows this movie stands the test of time, and it still influences movies to this day. And an email from me isn't complete without some STL connections. Kenneth had a small role in Back to the Future and Faster, which is true. He's the one that got smoked in the head by The Rock in the beginning of uh, Faster. So... His brains exploded all over. I forgot about that. Do not watch the Nick Cannon remake. Love don't cost a thing. For real? I didn't even know this movie was remade. Shows how much I know.
2: Yeah, it's got... You can just stop at Nick Cannon. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah,
1: it's not good. Overall, I give it four solid stars. Can't wait for some coming to America next week. Until the next episode, sexual chocolate. I mean, time traveling, Peter. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Sexual chocolate. Thank you so much for writing in, sir. Good times, man. So... Uh, if you want to write in, I guess we'll do that at the end of the show when we give out our plug, sir. Yeah. So. All right, sir. Let's get into our next segment. Uh, let's see if I could beat you this time. Good luck. What movie am I? Here we go.
0: Nobody steps on a church in my town. Okay. You people sit tight, hold the fort and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the president. I shot him six times. I I shot him in the heart. Calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... I'm Batman. Let's go.
1: Thanks. All right, sir. So it's time for some uh, what movie am I and I apologize, people. I know Jameson's up. I believe the score is four to two. I can't confirm this nor deny the fact. <laughs> you can is,
2: either confirm or deny. It, it, we both think that might be the score, but neither one of us went back and re-listened to the end of the yeah. last. Yeah,
1: so uh, I know Jameson's up at least by one. I We b- both pretty much think it's four to two. It could be three to two, but I know he's definitely winning. So with that being said, sir, I'm going to let you go first because you are prepared today, son. So let's do this.
2: All right. I'm mildly prepared for this, which is more than normal, so. All right, so this movie. Uh, throughout this movie, we have two guys who are running from a law enforcement official. He is kind of stalking them down throughout this movie, chasing them uh, throughout this building, uh, and just in the in the, the, the culmination scene, um, he is just about to get them. He's kind of chasing after him, hunting him down. He's got him cornered. And just as he's about to finally get his guys, one of the gentlemen uh, pulls out a contraption that is able to jettison them out of harm's way, just before he's about to grab the the law enforcement official is about to grab these two hoodlums. What movie am
1: I? Oh, I know it's four to two now because you got me with Top Gun, and then you got me with uh, um, the Stupid Princess Bride. So, <laughs> so there you go. It's four to two. Okay. So um, I need one clue. I need my clue.
2: Your clue. Let's see.
1: Because I have a feeling I know what movie it is, but I need my clue to confirm my thoughts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the, uh, the, the two guys who are being chased down by this law enforcement official uh, at one point come up with a plan to try and uh, attack him. The plan goes horribly wrong, and that kind of leads to the, them mm-hmm. – Running from him.
1: Now everything takes
2: place within one building.
1: Now, do they like disappear, as in like uh, time travel? I can neither confirm nor <laughs>
2: deny, but one of them pulls out a contraption which jet- jettisons them out of harm's way just as they're about to be grabbed.
1: Man, I, I was like, oh, it's got to be time cop, and then you said two people.
2: yep Oh, damn. There's it. two guys that are being they're being tracked by this law enforcement official. They uh, made a plan. They drew up a plan to attack him, to try and take him out. It went horribly wrong. Uh, They they are now running from him, and uh, the entire thing takes place within one building.
1: Die Hard? No,
2: your movie is Mallrats.
1: Oh, my God. Kevin Smith.
2: Officer LaForge oh, is chasing after Jay and Silent Bob throughout the movie.
1: So good, man!
2: And fly, fat ass, fly as he pulls out his his bat grappling hook to get them out of the way.
1: All right, so the only way I can maintain the score is if you don't get this from me.
2: <laughs> sure. Oh,
1: so I gotta hope and pray you miss this, so I keep the score four to two. Otherwise, it's gonna be five to two. Am I making these too cryptic? Damn. So, no, man, I, I should have got that. So.
2: I kind of enjoy making them very cryptic. It's kind of fun.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man, this is real annoying, son. Real annoying.
2: Yeah. Hey, it's your game.
1: I know it is.
2: You're bringing this on yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you brought it on yourself. Okay.
2: All right, what do you got for me?
1: All, All right. right. So. We have uh, we have two individuals. We have we have a girl, and then we have a male. And they walk into a restaurant. Uh, it's kind of a you know diner. It's like open 24 hours. You know it, it's late at night, and they also have another person with them who is a doctor. Not looking too good. You know he's kind of a little bit sick, if you will. And they decide that they want to get a table. So they, you know, they get a table and the male, not the doctor, but the male is being looked at, you know, like, oh, wow, you know, you you look kind of different. And all the male wants to do is just eat. It's late at night, just wants to eat, have a beer, you know, and they're like, you want to have a beer? He's like, yeah, babe, I need a beer. And then they have the conversation with this doctor who is sick at the table And chaos ensues after this conversation. What movie am I? Wow.
2: This doesn't sound remotely familiar. Okay, girl, walk into a late night diner. The guy is obviously an alien. They've got a doctor who is injured. (laughs) Not not feeling good. Uh, Is this movie... Back to the Future
1: 3. Nope. All right. Howard the Duck, son.
2: Oh. <laughs> See, I was right, though. I knew there was somebody who was an alien in this thing.
1: You're right. I was like, oh, he's got Howard. He's got the alien. Howard's a male. Leah Thompson's the woman. And we have Mr. Uh, Mr. Doctor, uh, who becomes the dark overlord of the universe.
2: Technically, you are 100% correct.
1: Yep. So, I had to be cryptic because you were cryptic these past three times on me. So, score is four to two. Nobody advances. Thank God I got to keep you. You know, you're only two points ahead of me. And the worst thing I need is three. Oh, my gosh.
2: Yeah, then we can just call it.
1: I'd have some problems right there, son. (laughs) Good job, sir. I'm glad you got that wrong. I'm excited. So, my pleasure. All right. Well, let's move into the music spotlight, sir. All right, sir. So for the music spotlight, I had a lot of new tunes that I've been loving lately, but I threw those in the underground hour in the last episode. So here's what I thought I would do. I thought this would be kind of fun. This movie came out in 1987. We did this a couple episodes ago. I thought I'd pull up the top songs of the year of the movie that we were uh, dealing with. I like that. So in the year 1987, we have in our top ten – And these are tunes I'm really enjoying, but there's one song in particular I'm hoping you're going to lean with. So number one, our number one song of the year is Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bengals. Good times. Classic. Number two is Alone by Heart. Number three is Shake You Down by Gregory Abbott. Number four is I Want to Dance with Somebody, Mm -mm. Whitney (laughs) Houston. Number five is Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now, which we can't play that because we did that on Mannequin. Uh We have Say La Vie by Robbie Neville, number six. Number seven is Here I Go Again by Whitesnake. Two thumbs Uh up. Uh, The Way It Is by Bruce Hornsby and The Range. Number nine is Shakedown from Beverly Hills Cop 2. Right. And number 10 is the song that I absolutely love and adore, Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer, Baby. (laughs) So the question remains, Living on a Prayer here we go. Here I go again. Or walk like an Egyptian, sir. Those are. Oh our, man. Those, those are, are all
2: great th- choices. Those are all phenomenal.
1: Yeah. So what do you um, think, son?
2: Uh, for this movie, I think the more fitting of the three would be Living on a Prayer. Heck yeah, that's what
1: I was thinking too. So. Yeah. Let's do some Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer, to close out the show, man. I'm excited. So. Definitely. All right, sir. So hopefully next Tuesday we'll be back. We'll do some Coming to America. I'm excited. This is Tawana's movie. The movie that has been promised for over two years, and I have not delivered. And finally, we're doing it. And she doesn't want to come on, sir. But oh, really? I- I'll try. we we'll, I'll try to get her on. But you know, Juana, if you hear this
2: right now, we want you on. It's true. We, we need. Least, need you on this show.
1: We need at least a uh, em, you know, a voice email, or, or what, like you used to do for Mojo. You know, right. sending send your complaints and emotional. Audio out. Clip. Yeah, send in your audio clip to us.
2: This is this is yours. This is your big moment. I, I we we need her on this wall, and uh, yeah, I can't wait, man. I can't wait to talk about coming to America. I got I got some stuff to say about this movie.
1: So do I, man. So do I. <laughs> oh man, two great movies back to back, man. Can't wait. So if you want to write in for coming to America, please do so at stlpodcast at gmail and then. Name all your crap, man, because you got more crap than I do now, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, you know, you can, you know, the usuals. Go. Uh, we're, I got Movie Mojo Monthly. Uh, find us on Facebook or on on STL page. We've got I've got Real Films podcast, the documentary podcast I do with Jason. I've got uh, well STL obviously and uh, real reviews. Uh, I would love it if I would get some of the STL nation to come over to our Facebook page. I have a, uh, a number I want to hit on our Facebook page. I have a little bet going a little side bet going right now. Uh, and I, there's a certain number I have to nail. So I would love, love, love if the STL nation would help me out and represent come over. It's facebook.com slash real reviews, TV, R E E L reviews, TV. Uh, give us a like, Follow us on Twitter, all that stuff, because I love you guys and your support. So uh, it, it's it's really awesome when you guys all turn out.
1: Everybody get that. All right. Oh, we got a new iTunes review, man.
2: No I, doubt, huh?
1: Yeah, I totally forgot about it because I was like, I gotta save it for when we do "Can't Buy Me Love." So I this is this is a good time, man. This comes from. Uh, if you remember good old, uh, I like to call him Twitter Dave, he found the show mm-hmm. looking yep. for Rocky four. And this is like, how did I not know about this show? And then ever since he's been like, totally like, you know, a big fan of, so he went ahead and finally went on iTunes and rated the show. So thank you everybody. By the way, somebody's account must've got deleted because I went down a like, unfortunately. So if you have not left a rating in review, please do so. So. Here is what good old Mr. Dave had to say, sir. All right. Let's pull this thing up. Give me a moment here. woo So many awesome trips down memory lane. I've been an avid listener of this podcast ever since I stumbled upon it via Stitcher. Oh, I guess it was Stitcher Dave. I thought it was. Uh, maybe it was no it was twitter dave i gotta remember because that's how i came in contact with it was through uh twitter so he's like when mike and america's co-hosts were in the there midst of reviewing the rocky series in fact i'm ashamed of myself for taking so long to finally write a review simply put this is one of the most fun podcasts in my regular rotation good guys reviewing movies a kid of the 80s like myself knows and loves these guys have a blast doing their thing are natural conversationalists Love fan feedback and seems like some of the genuinely nicest folks I've ever come across in the otherwise notorious snarky internet. Hmm. Good times, sir. That's a really nice review, Dave. It, It is. Thank you, Dave, so much for that, man. Excellent good times, man. So... Um yeah, if you uh, if you want to go ahead and iTunes, if you haven't done a review, please do so. That'd be so awesome. If you want to write in, like I said stlpodcast@gmail.com. Don't forget to go to Twitter. Um and then the STL Nation Facebook group. That's where we do all our interaction. That thing is popping almost daily. We all the stuff that you don't ever you don't see on the main Facebook page. Number one, Facebook is a bunch of jerks and you only five percent of your fans are allowed to see what you post so we do everything in the stl nation because everybody who's a part of that nation sees every post so we do all our conversations there all the polls go there for all future movies you want us to review all that fun stuff so that's the place to be and we've had four new members man since the revenge of the nerds episode it's been awesome son. so uh yeah I think that's it. You can find Shadowy Flight, uh, Knight Rider podcast. I did two episodes recently. The big episode, Kit versus Car, is next month. I can't wait. My birthday is June 5th. So if you want to send me birthday present, please do so. That would be so awesome. And uh, I'm just kidding, by the way. <laughs> so with that being said, you guys are the best. And I cannot wait for next week for coming to America, man. It is going to be good, good times, man. So. Yes, it will. Well, thank you, sir, for joining me. I'm glad we finally got to Can't Buy Me Love. I'm glad this movie won the vote, man. Good times, man. This this <laughs> and coming to America. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit of a revolution, but it won the vote. Uh, I'm glad it did, man. I always wanted to talk about this movie. So. Me too. All right, well, with that being said, you guys have yourselves a good week, and we will catch you guys on the next episode. So until then, have a good one. Take care. soon as South. So, Are you ready, sir? Uh, let me make sure I got my drink here. By the way, does the background sound too loud? Because I got a fan in here because it's so damn hot today.
2: No, I don't hear anything. You don't hear the lawnmower running behind me, do you? Nope. Okay. Yeah, my neighbor's out mowing. He fires up as soon as I sit down with a dick.
1: <laughs> Those nerds.
2: Hey, It's the third time he's mowed this week, too. He's just, he's that guy.
1: Oh. All you- right. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to start off. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So you ready? <clears throat> yes, sir. All right. Actually has... Mis- oh, what happened there, sir? I dropped my spoon. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. So do you have anything, sir? I've got a movie. Okay. Can we reset what the score is right now? Uh, you remember? The score is... It's... Three to two or four to two? Oh my god!
2: I don't remember. I know I'm up by at least one. I think it might be two.
1: Yeah, it's. You're right. It's.
2: We have to re-listen to the end of the last episode to know.
1: Oh my god. Um. All right. Oh, damn it! Come on, man. I should know this, dude.
2: You really should, cause it's your show.
1: I know. I know. I know. I know. Um. I can't pull it up in my iPod to listen, cause I have my headphone jack and my microphone. Damn it.
2: We're just gonna say that I'm winning.
1: I know you're winning. I just can't remember if it's four to two or three to two. I think it's four to two. It might be. That that sounds more right. Correct.
2: It, it might be, yeah.
1: Okay. All right. So, mm-hmm.
2: okay. there's a
1: guy in a Michael Myers mask. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Give me a second here. Oh,
2: no. All right. Hold on. First off, what was the name of the guy who you kept nailing me with week after week? What was the name of that actor?
1: I don't know. What are you talking about? It was.
2: Hold on. I got to look it up. I can't remember <laughs> his name. But you got me with him. Oh, Jason Gedrick. That's who it was. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Multiple <laughs> times. I'm just pulling up Jason Gedrick's IMDB right now. I'm reacquainted with it. Okay.
1: Okay.